1: Welcome to Alouettes Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I am Tim Capper. You can find me on Twitter at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T.
0: And I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on Twitter as well, but at Cliffy D. And this episode of the Alouettes Flight Deck is presented by our good friends over at Sport Buff. Where right now, at checkout, if you use the promo code Deck 10 you will save 10% off your entire order. So, head over to sportbuffshop.com, check out the new CFL merch that's all over the website, and make sure you support local.
1: And if you're looking to listen to our entire archive of the Alouettes Flight Deck, you can do so by heading over to our website, which is at www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. Check us out on Twitter at Alouettes Deck. Facebook, just look for Alouettes Flight Deck Pod. Instagram, uh, which are becoming a little bit more active with camp coming up. Uh, search for Alouette's Flight Deck. YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. Also, stay tuned for some some uh, some new video and stuff like that coming from training camp. And lastly, uh, check out our store at teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck, where I can tell you, Cliff, I have seen the mock-up of the, of the next addition to the if you know you know line it's it's pretty sweet it's pretty sweet well, and, and, and it should be available uh, it should be available before the regular season starts so well
0: well you certainly know because i don't so yeah
1: <laughs> i tell you right now but you know it's uh everybody else would find out at the same time
0: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah well well all, all the more reason for people to head on over to the site and hey any chance you get to sponsor and help us out, folks, you know we definitely appreciate it. And there's some absolutely killer merch out there. So by all means, buy it up. Uh, show the love. We definitely appreciate each and every one of you that do.
1: Well, Cliff, as we tape today, it is technically, technically the beginning of training camp. Rookie camp started today. Uh Little bits have come out here and there we, with the other CFL teams. We're waiting to hear uh, all the glorious things from uh, from the guys over at uh, at the Alouette's website. Find out more about our rookies in camp this week. But also, you know what that means, Cliff? This coming Sunday, training camp 2023 kicks off in trois on the road to the Grey Cup, dude.
0: Well, let's just... I, I... You'll forgive me if I'm a little subdued because remember last year we, we were saying the same thing. We were totally expecting to get ready for training camp and it's going to be great and all that jazz. And then there was this, you know, little uh, labor dispute that kind of <laughs> put a little kibosh in those plans, which was uh, a bit unfortunate. But uh, so far, none of that is expected to happen because even though the Two sides have agreed and and are supposedly under still working under a collective bargaining agreement that no one has seen or it's been officially signed. <laughs> I know it just you, you'll 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 forgive me though if I'm just a little not concerned not not concerned at all because I I truly believe that when we go up on Sunday there will be training camp happening but still I mean with all the craziness that's happened in this offseason, Tim can you blame me for just being a little bit. Uh, cynical uh underwhelmed i i don't know pick your adjective here
1: yeah well i mean it's 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 basically it's not a, a complete renew of the team itself i i think it's just a matter of fact of i'm sure for a lot of us it was a a pretty bitter uh off season when it came to free agency as far as l- players that we have lost um, and it's just a matter of what's how going they to ha- were lost. Huh? Maybe how they were lost. Well, yeah, how they were lost. And, and now it's just a matter of who is now going to step up and become not necessarily, you know, not, you know, the, the face of the team, whether we know, you know, whether it be, uh, William Stanback, whether it be another player, you know, who's going to become the vet, who's going to become the face of this Montreal Alouettes team, is it going to be new quarterback Cody Fajardo? I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, usually you would think you would want that to be when it came to your your quarterback. Um, is it going to be a rookie? Excuse me, a veteran wide receiver, Greg Ellingson? Maybe. Uh, it's camp. Camp's going to be different this year. Camp for sure is going to be different this year. And you know, just the first day, I don't know what we're going to be able to see day one. Um, I'm sure a lot of fans may not be able to see anything until the following week or weekend, you know, uh, uh, for a Victoria day weekend, but still the, it's still, it's still eating at me, dude. I'm just going to just say it and I'll drop it. Is that the, str- and hopefully we'll get some information and we'll bring it to you on why this occurred this way, not taking advantage of, of a full weekend, a full long weekend of practice. It just, it just boggles my mind that, you know, that it's basically two weekends in a row. They lose one weekend because of the, of the ball game the baseball game that where they're gonna show up i mean it's good good community pr obviously but you know it uh, we want to be able to see this team play and and it's for those who can't be there 24 7 uh during the first week you know it's that i think that's gonna that that's also thrown another wrench into it if i if i dare say
0: no and and this is a valid point i mean it, it definitely feels like a very much a lost opportunity even before it's happened and there's a little part of me that's hoping that they kind of see the error of their ways say, listen, okay, if we have to take a day off, then let's find a day that's not during this long weekend. Because if you've got people that are going to be coming up to Tawatery Fair for the week, for the long weekend in hopes of seeing the Alouettes training camp, I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to be very disappointed as it, as it stands right now. However, if the Alouettes decide, okay, we got to showcase for the people that are going to be coming up here. I mean, unless they're truly expecting everybody in Toile Riviere to drop what they're doing, whether it's going to work, going to school, or what have you, and fill the stands to watch a bunch of drills and uh, practice sessions, I mean, I, I, I personally don't see that happening, so... I, I sincerely hope, like you, that the Alouettes find some way to maximize their time and see the value in trying to attract everybody. Because that was the whole thing, as we've said before, about make the the pomp and circumstance of being able to return to the and then you get an opportunity like a long weekend. Like pretty much everybody's going to have the day off, uh, the 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 uh, you know Victoria Day or Dollar Day or whatever you call the the May long weekend mm-hmm. day off. People are going to have that off. And yes, there are there are going to be uh, training camp sessions there, but that's as it stands right now. That would be the only actual "quote unquote" training camp session, t- so to speak. And it's like okay, like okay, you you go up Saturday, you see the the, the scrimmage game Sunday. I don't know, do touristy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And then mon- and then Monday you go back to camp and watch that session. And then okay, that that's it. So I mean, you've yeah, you've seen some football action, but I mean to me, it just feels like. You're not getting the whole the whole thing, you know? Like it's almost feels like a you know bits and pieces of football kind of thrown in there. So I don't know. I, I'm I, I really don't know what to say about that. I mean we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, a lot can change between now and next weekend. And part of me is thinking, well, let's at least get to this coming Sunday. And to me, Tim, that that's what I'm hoping for is just once we get there and we hear the smack of the pads, we hear, you know, the whistles blowing, we hear You know all the all the sights and sounds that we've been missing for the past was it been seven eight months Mm -hmm. since we've had CFL football? Once we get that again, all will feel right with the world. That's what I'm sincerely hoping for. But I mean, like again, when you've got some of this other stuff coupled with this wacky ass off season that we've had, I mean, yeah, it it, it's been quite the long strange trip, and I just I I just really truly don't know what to make of it.
1: It's nice to be able to see I mean it looks like obviously this year uh, ownership is is can be is more stable I mean we have, we've had a change of president um, there's been some other changes within the organization itself um, so it's yeah it, it, I I guess it's not only a, a a new start so to speak for the for the team but it's also a new start for the organization so I'm curious to see what happens I, and it's you know it's you know it would be nice if uh, Pierre Carl showed up, but I don't want to. I don't want it to overshadow the team. You know, it's always nice when your owner shows up. Yes, that that, that that's a given. No matter what sport you're in, to, sh- to show up up in the community, whether it's a photo op or not. You know, but this to me, to me, training camp is about the team itself.
0: So right. I mean, people don't buy season tickets for who the owner is or who the president is or who the general manager is. It's for the players. And that's what people are there to see. Like, that's what you, you're going to be making that pilgrimage for is to see the players in action, like the new ones, the the players that you know and love that that's what you're going to train and camp for. So I, yes, I do actually fully expect pierre Carl Pelado to make an appearance uh, as well as the rest of the organization as well, because yeah, it, it's, it's important to get out there in the public and, meet the people and just remind everybody that, Hey, we're here. We're back for another exciting season, hopefully. And just getting the word out. I think that's, what's going to be key more than anything else.
1: No, I totally agree. I mean, and now it's just really centering on, uh, this is one of the years, you know, obviously as it is in camp where you're, you are going to have that take that roster sheet that the, hopefully the team will be giving out again this year, which is a genius idea last year, which I loved. And, keeping track of these guys who we don't know, because we have a, just looking at wide receivers alone, we got a ton of names that we have no clue who these guys are. Um, But one positive to that before we actually move on to what we're looking for and maybe who we want to watch in uh, at camp. Uh, It's also, you know, we, we, I I mentioned it on social media a couple of weeks ago uh, when I think we mentioned it maybe on the podcast too. But wide receiver Herji Her- Her- Myella back with the Alouettes.
0: Yes, indeed, friend of the show, Herji Myella. We ha- we had Herji on last year uh, to celebrate him being a member of the Alouettes, and you know, he-, he had been released in order to go pursue an opportunity at the USFL, and uh, that unfortunately didn't pan out for Hergie. So it almost felt like it was just a matter of when, not if he would return to the Alouettes. And sure enough, he put pen to paper and. Folks, you will be seeing Herji in camp this year. So that's definitely fantastic news. I know that uh, guys like Keon, Julian Grant, and Tyson Philpott are going to be excited to see their pal Herji back in, in the lineup again. And once again, it just helps strengthen that belief that you know the national receiver position is not only alive and well, but has potential to thrive like never before. So... Definitely a, a good shot in the arm, a good boost to the the training camp core. So I'm um, definitely excited to see Herji back doing his thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm um, trying to find it real quick. Uh, did they say how long, how many years did he sign for with the Alywitz or was it just a, just, just a one year deal? I think it's a year and an option. Okay. So hey, it's nice to have him back because it, it's funny to say to have stability of veterans on the wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. You know, after all these years, you know, with Gino being the guy. Again, as I mentioned at the start, we need we need somebody to step up and become the go to guy. And we have some we have some great candidates easily, easily. I mean, if, if Tyson Philpott, you know, uh, newly crowned number six, by the way, Tyson Philpott, uh, can do what he did last year, he easily, easily could become the face of of this Alouette mm-hmm.
0: yeah, uh, the Salowitz squad. Yeah, yeah, the opportunity is there, right for the taking for him to to step up, and as again, K-On Julian Grant, we, we saw him really truly come into form last year and fully expect him to not only maintain that, but even take that next step further up. So, I mean, this could be the year where these two young men, both Canadian receivers, could become household names in the Canadian Football League. And if that's if that's the case, folks, be very excited. That means that whether it's Cody Fajardo, Caleb Evans, or Davis Alexander, throwing the rock, if those guys are catching it, Better believe that eventually points will be put on the board and it's going to be sending a lot of people, getting a lot of tongues wagging, and a lot of people being out of their seat and very excited to see this Alouettes team in action.
1: Yeah, by the way, it's hard to, with Gino, who had so much, um, you know, so much time with the Alouettes, who right now is the longest serving Alouettes wide receiver? (laughs) I I was thinking about this the other day. Who the hell is it? <laughs> I mean, Greg Allenson aside, I mean he is a CFL well, pedigree, obviously. Well, but as Al's, a, as wide, a, Al's wide receiver? Just looking at the roster,
0: uh, honestly, it would have to be, gosh, probably Regis Sibasu. Yeah, I I, 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 think, yeah,
1: K- <laughs> K- maybe KJG?
0: Yeah, actually, you know what? I think KJG would because he he was drafted in 2019. So I guess by yeah, I, I think and KGG. and
1: or if Reggie, because we know Reggie White will not be starting the season on the active roster and could be reggie white jr considering how we got him no no you're uh, right no because he was he was post he was he was year post-covid right so yeah it would be kjg so it's it, pretty, pretty wild I, I know i know just just looking at it um what do you what are your thoughts you just mentioned it before you know and, and we just happened to mention it too i mean this is probably one of the few this is one of the years where the alouettes have had the fewest starting quarterbacks on their roster in camp uh, Davis Alexander, Caleb Evans, Cody Friardo, and Mike Glass, third. Uh, thoughts? I mean, is, is are those our four quarterbacks, three starters, and, uh, well, you know, that it will be active in the one on the practice roster? Is that fair to say that's what it's going to be?
0: If you were to go strictly by the numbers, then yes. Yeah. And there's always possibilities of, you know, when cuts come out, uh, possibly adding another quarterback there. Uh, maybe there's. Uh, a potential necklace quarterback that uh, the Alouettes are just waiting for the right opportunity for. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I mean, barring something catastrophic, I mean, Cody Fajardo will be the starter for the Alouettes. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, given the, uh, the attention that he's been given and the opportunities that's been given to him as well. Uh, I think again, he would have to fall flat at something fierce for him to not be the starter for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Caleb, Caleb Evans, uh, Davis Alexander, Mike Lass, those are three young quarterbacks, three guys that definitely have potential. Yeah, we saw. What,
1: yeah, we saw what Caleb did last year in Ottawa. He, I mean, he is a threat to run, obviously, and he has a good arm. And we saw what uh, uh, Davis did in the, uh, the the game versus Toronto. So it's it's uh, we have some good arms. It's just a matter of which order will those two be in.
0: Mm-hmm. And that that's the exciting thing about camp is that's where you find out. You know, who who's got what it takes, who is going to step up and make themselves noticed, because even even last year, when you think about the fact that we had Vernon Adams, Trevor Harris, uh, Dominique Davis and Davis Alexander, like mm-hmm. uh, Alexander was just kind of like the the forgotten name, but ended up <laughs> having a fantastic preseason
1: yeah and what he did in the, in the in the scrimmage obviously that again that's what we're looking forward to we won't be able to see much of them up to the lead up of the scrimmage uh, uh in two weeks but still yeah the guys can that guys can make a name for themselves in that scrimmage for sure
0: and a lot of these guys like that's truly is where you find these guys like yes it's tough to lose a lot of the veteran players that we did but let's not forget like a lot of these names including a uh, davis alexander at one point they were like you're looking at the the, the lineup and like who the hell is this guy and then all of a sudden you see them play, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, we, might, we we got something here. And that's how these guys develop and become superstars. So I'm not saying that there's immediate pressure on a Davis Alexander, for example, to have an outstanding camp. But we know, what we, saw, we, we know what we saw last year. We know what the potential is for him. We know what his ceiling is. And now it's up to him to be able to try to match that, if not exceed it, and prove that, hey, you know what? I do belong on this team. I do belong as more than just a camp arm or a practice roster guy. I should be in the lineup. And by having outstanding camp and pushing guys like Fajardo and Evans, who do have true CFL experience, to be better as well. I mean, it's it's going to make for a great competition. And again, just because everybody and their mother thinks that Cody Fajardo is going to be the man here in Montreal, he could very well be. But until we actually see these guys get on the field and start doing their thing, We all know that. So that's what camp has always been about to me is seeing who is ready to step up and become a leader, not just the established guys, but Mm -hmm. the young guys. I want to see who is ready to take that next step and prove that they belong in the Canadian Football League.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now, obviously, the running back court situation can be very interesting, I think. If I'm not mistaken, Stambeck's on his last year of his contract, right? That's right. Yep, so he's going to want to make a name for himself, whether he, if he decides to stay with the Alouettes, which obviously we hope that he does, and avoids free agency, or if he goes somewhere else. But uh, look at the guys behind him. You know, I mean, Fletcher made a hell of a name for himself last year uh, when we needed to have somebody. Joshua Antwi, uh, I think, uh, finally made a name for himself because obviously people remember what happened in 2020 you know he a couple of things occurred that i think may have, may have left a little bit sour you mean, 2020 sorry sorry 2021 yes 2021 let may have left a you know a bad taste in their mouth when it came to but he he stepped up also so hmm. and then we got Jerry Howard Jr we got AJ Rose who, who were going to be there too so it's it's running back i, I think as far as we know it's Standback's team but it's great to have a one-two-three punch as we actually do because, as we've seen in years past, having a one-two combo can make all the difference. All the difference, and it, does, it changes things up. It doesn't make things stagnant. They don't know who's going to come in and do what. Is the are they because all these running backs, at least the three, you know, Alouettes ones from last year, we know that they can catch the ball out of the uh, they can catch the ball out of the out, uh, out of the backfield, and we know yeah, William absolutely. Stanbeck worked on that quite a bit.
0: Oh, absolutely, and. Yeah, we, we saw that three-headed monster in action last year, and it was so exciting to see. And now William back, back being back healthy and focused, ready to go. As you said, he's in a contract year, so he's going to want to prove that he, he's going to want to get paid come uh, next offseason. And this is his opportunity to say, hey, I, 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 I'm here. I, I'm the guy, and this is this is my yard. This is my chance to show that I belong and that I should be one of the premier running backs in this. I should be in the discussion as far as one of the premier running backs in this league. And Fletcher and Entwisle are no slouches either. We, when Stanback went down to injury in week one, those two stepped in and did a tremendous job, as far as I was concerned. Like they ran the rock extremely well. They they made plays happen. They they played outstanding football. Knowing that all three of those guys are going to be in camp and be part of this lineup to me, is a very, very exciting thing. I sincerely hope Jason Moss, who has shied away from the run in his previous uh, coaching gigs, I hope he realizes the absolute studs that he has at running back and truly does find a way to get them into the lineup, get them all working, all firing firing on all cylinders and If anything, it's just going to help guys like Cody Fajardo and Caleb Evans take some of that pressure off. That They're not going to have to throw on every down that they can just turn around and give the ball to one of these three guys and great things are going to happen. So I have to believe that's going to be a huge sense of relief for the quarterback to be able to say, I've got three great running backs behind me or beside me and just open things up, open up the playbook and really see what these guys can do. So. It's going to be one of the many many competitions that I'll be taking a look at, and definitely looking forward to seeing who is going to step up and step step up and stand out for this team.
1: Uh, speaking of stepping up and standing out, you know somebody that we uh, were watching quite a bit last year when was doing such a great job before he got hurt. You know, we know that Tyrell Richards is going to be back. He seems to be healthy. It'll be interesting to see how he does uh, with uh, not necessarily live action, but but you know practice action, uh, how he's improved what he's improved on uh you, you know he was a part of the of the alouette's uh a draft special and i know he, he's ready he seems to be ready and raring to go
0: i think for me like when it comes to, like it, it's interesting you bring up uh, tyrell richards as far as uh, him making a comeback but uh, i mean you, you took a look at the entire linebacking core for the alouettes uh first of all tyrese Beverett's back and Oh my God. I am very excited about that because we saw what he did last year and that dude plays like his hair is on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Harlamana is going to be back as well. Also a national receiver or not national linebacker. I should say. <laughs> uh, Whoops. But those are some heavy hitting guys and uh, also added uh, in free agency, Avery Williams from Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, I mean this, this linebacking core is going to be extremely exciting. Uh, it's unfortunately uh Uh, Darius Peckett has decided to take his talents to the uh, Toronto Argonauts, but I think that's just going to create that opportunity for Tyrell Richards to show why he was the first overall pick last year. He was slowed down by injuries, but I think, as you said, he worked his ass off. He's in great shape. He looks raring to go. I'm really excited to see what he can do, because don't forget that that uh, home preseason game. He, he played very outstanding. He had this one hellacious hit on an Ottawa player that was it just got everybody out of their seats. So mm-hmm. if he brings that same energy, that same intensity to training camp and to actually get to see that in game action, whoo, boy, oh boy. I, I think this linebacking court is gonna be sneaky good. Like again, everybody knows what Tyrese Beverett can do. Wait until they see what Tyrell Richards can do, what Brian Harlemana can do. Uh, as I said, Avery Williams was a, a very solid contributor for many years with the, the Red Blacks. Uh, my God, I, I I think this linebacking core is just one of, like, don't sleep on this linebacking core for the Alouettes. You, you talk about this defense, and everybody talks about the defensive line, how important it is, how the secondary has to just be absolutely dominant. But I think for my money, like, this linebacking core is one that definitely, definitely we're going to have to keep an eye on when training camp
1: starts. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, when we look at the other... At uh, the... You know the O line kickers, I and mean, we for the for, you know again we got uh, it, it's not a controversy yet. It's not a it's not a, but we actually have two kickers in camp. Uh, you know, uh, our uh, our global guys in camp and and up against David Cote, and uh, it's just always uh, well, well, I meant well, punter versus kick. I'm just going by how they're how they're listed on the roster. But yes, true, okay. true. But you're, you're right, you're right. Um, it's always good to have competition, and obviously mm-hmm. that's what the always thought. By bringing in by bringing in this uh, bringing in an extra kicker, so it's why not? You know what I mean?
0: Well, well, shoot! I mean, the only reason. Well, we could have brought in more, but I mean, Winnipeg signed a whole bunch of kickers. Jeez, oh,
1: don't even start me on that one. And, and then Sergio Castillo, like,
0: okay, well, guess what? There's now six free agents as this became available. I, I can't believe it! Like wow! Like I, like I know with Winnipeg, they were so concerned about the kicking game. Well, not so concerned not to ensure that Sergio Castillo never left. But boy, did they ever right or wrong when it came to that? Because oh boy, they. they I mean, Winnipeg by and large. I mean, you live by the kicker and you die by the kicker. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, but the fact that it, what made me laugh is like they signed like six kickers, including uh, Mark Leggio, and then just a couple of days ago. Uh, Edmonton had, who had signed uh, Castillo in free agency, let him go. I guess they were basically telling him, okay, we're we're you need to take a pay cut. And He's like, no, you're, you're no, I'm not doing that. See ya. And then released like an hour and a, an hour or two later, signs with Winnipeg. And now the other kickers have to be like, well, it's been fun. I guess uh, you know, I don't really know why they, why we're even bothering here. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, how many of them left? Because I know I remember the bombers signing that the, that stud from the uh, National Arena League and stuff like that. I mean, it's is it really going to be any? I mean, we're t- I know we're talking about another team, but as I said, competition bre- competition breeds, you know.
0: Well, see, that's just it. I mean, you. It, it, it's always good to have the competition, and I, I guess that's why you don't want someone like a David Cote to rest on his laurels. You you want to make him, you want to make your kicker feel like he's not that his job's in, in peril, but. As they say, iron sharpens iron. It doesn't hurt to have another leg or two in camp, just to you know, just to see what else is out there. So, I, I, the, to me, that would be the, a good reason why. But I mean, I think, I mean, for what David Cote has done for this team, I mean, he's been clutch. Mm-hmm. He, more hits and misses hasn't been perfect, but I mean, no kicker truly ever is perfect. <laughs> but no, I mean, for for my money, David Cote has. i was about to say,
1: you know, ask Damon Duvall. Um... There you
0: go, but. <laughs> Uh for, for my money, though, what David Cote has brought to this team has been nothing short of outstanding. And uh, I, I think his job is safe, to tell you the honest truth. But you know what? It doesn't hurt to have that extra little oomph, that extra little, you know, like just someone just right beside you, just kind of nudging you just a little bit, just to be a little bit better, just a 1% better every day. And I think that's really what it came down to. I mean, Joseph Zima, we know what he can do as a punter, does fantastic work as well. So, I mean, like I'm – for the first time in a, of, you know, in a good long while, I'm very optimistic and pleased about where this kicking game is with the Alouettes. So I would say don't ruin a good thing, but you know what? As I say, competition is always a good thing. It, it makes us better. So listen, I, I hope uh, Jose Maltos comes in, you know, lights a fire under David Cote and makes him work just a little bit harder and be just a little bit better. And hey, it's going to be fun. I, I think it's going, to be, uh, it's, it's going to be good for everybody involved.
1: Actually, uh, and I, I think I, I mis, miscategorized him because as of today's transactions from the CFL, actually our global pick, was it Rise Burns, the punter from Louisiana Lafayette? He's also been added to the active roster. We had a whole a whole slew of dudes. The guy that that uh, <laughs> the guy that followed us on Twitter, you know, uh, uh, Shedler Fervius, he he followed. You know, he's been, he was activated officially today. So there are a whole slew of guys that were activated for 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 rookie camp.
0: Makes sense. I mean, you, you kind of does make sense to have a rookie camp if you don't have your rookies.
1: So. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and and also too, that's also too where the quarterbacks are are going to be there because someone's got to throw to all these rookies and someone's got to make True. these rookies work. So yeah, I, I, listen. I, I'm I'm excited to see which rookies show up, which of the 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 few players that were drafted will actually be in camp. I mean, I'm excited to see what is potentially out there for this team. I mean, there's been a lot of wholesale changes and whether we agree with them or not, you know, we, we could debate that forever, but I I'm choosing to look forward. I'm choosing to see the potential in something new and something interesting and that's one of the many, many things we'll be taking a look at is just these new additions, especially at the receiving core. Someone uh, let's not forget, at one point, Eugene Lewis was a nobody on the on this team. Oh, I know. And then became the superstar of the is. So you can take a look at the the roster and you're like, which who's it going to be? Who's going to be the next Gino Lewis? Do we have the next Gino Lewis in this lineup of this of this list of names here? I want to say yes. I want to say that someone is going to step up be given that opportunity because it's right there for the taking all you have to do is reach out and grab it so who's going to do it who's going to reach out and be that next potential superstar for this team
1: mm-hmm. um and obviously you know this could be the last word before we actually get to to you know with camp starting anybody else that we haven't mentioned from any of the positions cliff that, that stands out to you
0: uh well another name that i'm looking forward to seeing again is brock gowan uh, We uh we've talked a lot over the, the past year and a half about how this defensive line is so crucial for Montreal. Uh, we didn't get to see a whole lot of Brock last year. I, another guy that had an absolutely outstanding camp, amazing preseason, uh, unfortunately got hit with the injury bug and we didn't get to see a whole lot. We didn't get to see that potential that we saw in camp, unfortunately. So I got a feeling that he'll be coming in too ready to go and just a little bit pissed off about the, the missed opportunity they had, uh, Looking forward as well to seeing guys like Jamal Davis and Nick Usher. We, we They had fantastic years last year for the Alouettes. And you know that they've, they've, they've got some young guys that are going to be a part. And they're kind of nipping at the heels just a little bit. So I think those are the two guys, along with Amondo Sewell, that are going to anchor this defensive line and just be dominant again. And I, I couldn't be more excited to see those guys in action. I, 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 I truly think, if nothing else, they know they're established. They know they're going to be here for a while. And... It's just a simple matter of just going out there and doing damage. And I am here for it. I am 100% here for that.
1: Yep. So uh, this Sunday, 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 2.30 p.m. at uh, Stade Diablos of Introvier, day one of Alouette's training camp. Hopefully you'll be there. Uh, if you do happen to see Cliff or myself in the stands, come by and say hi. Uh, we'll
0: be easy to the spot. We'll be
1: the guys wearing flight deck stuff. There we go. That's easy. <laughs> Yep, that'll be easy <laughs> enough. So um I am there are a few other things that I, I wanted to talk about because we're talking about training camp, obviously new things, new people to learn, uh see, you know, new faces. I know you, you wanted to talk of specifically about which happens every year. Sometimes it's you know, it's more interesting than others, but we actually have new or revised rules that the C F L announced, didn't they? Yeah.
0: Actually uh it's kind of, not stuff that would jump out for a lot of people but just again they were basically described as tweaks to existing rules and whether or not uh, they'll truly improve the game or truly improve the game flow or not it again it it's like anything else like the first couple of weeks are going to be a bit of a gong show because you, you start thinking you could do something and then all of a sudden no 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 you cannot do that so yeah it, it's kind of fun, and uh, also why I joke that you know CFL actually stands for Canadian Flag League because sure, sure. enough, the the rest will be thrown the laundry as a result. Like, didn't you learn this in camp? Learn what in camp? Like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so let's. I'm not gonna bore everybody with the details, but we'll 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 sum it up. Uh, one rule that's kind of interesting. It's not necessarily a rule per. Se, well, I mean it's a rule, but it's not a penalty related thing per se. But Uh, right. uh teams now can only you, you're not allowed to have a player wearing both number zero and number double zero. You can wear one or the other, but not both. So for Brian Harlamana, for example, who wears number zero for the Alouettes, he's fine, but now the Alouettes can't have a double zero on the team, which is funny because technically it is a different number, but it's not, at least not according to the system that the the league uses to to, to track, this, track the stats and the, the scouting. Yeah. So, okay, I guess it's one of those glitch-in-the-matrix kind of deals. I mean, <laughs> to me, I don't see what the problem is. Like zero, double zero, it is two different numbers technically. But, anyways, so yeah. So as I said, Brian's safe, and if, if someone wanted to wear double zero, well, you're just gonna have to go play elsewhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the ones that I uh, that I saw that I thought was interesting, and it's something if you if you've been an NFL fan, this one has been around for eons. What what's your thought about uh, them, them uh, giving the quote unquote? option of a safety if hell if if somebody is held within the end zone.
0: You know what? I think that's going to clarify a lot of things or at least it won't feel so different for a lot of these American players that are coming to the CFL for the first time because that's what they were weaned on. Like that's what they they knew in in college and if they played in the NFL this this was a normal thing. So I I think for them it they won't it, this they won't skip a beat as far as this goes. So I think it's great. I I think it's a uh, it's going to help with some of the strategy, even with uh, depending on what the score is, depending uh, on you know, what how much time is left on the clock, whether the, whether or not they opt for the safety or not. I mean, could be it could be a very interesting little wrinkle as far as that goes, because now, you know, depending on, you know, if you're down by a certain score or depending on, you know, any number of things, I mean, that that could really make or break the difference for a game. So. I'm curious. I'll be curious to see that in action because, again, I'm not used to seeing it in the CFL. So NFL, yeah, I'm absolutely used to seeing it. But in the CFL, this is this will be a fun little wrinkle, as as I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, which I think is is going to be all about uh, ensuring the safety of everybody, is uh, 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 being able to call an objectionable conduct penalty if you make unavoidable. If you make avoidable contact with an official, you will now receive a 10-yard objectionable conduct penalty. And the command center is going to make sure that, it you know, to see if, if it truly was unavoidable or not. Uh, and sometimes in the heat of the action, you, you don't always know immediately whether the referee was just in the way or if uh, something happened. Like could the could the referee being run into have been avoided or not? And now it's going to be on the players to ensure that they they truly see all of the field, including where the referees are. Now, referees, for the most part, should know to get the heck out of the way, especially if the play is happening. But Sometimes it doesn't always work out that way, so I, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm interesting to see just how this is, and of course, like I said, leaving fate up into the command center is always a a dicey proposition, as we all know. But
1: uh, again, I'm going to say it again, and I'm I'm sure. Say, where's the transparency? I'm sorry, I don't want to hear excuses. If they're able to do it in the XFL and they're able to do it in the USFL, they can do it in the CFL. Come
0: on. Well, and that's something that TSN is going to eventually one day have to you know you may have to drag them into it kicking and screaming but that is something that they're going to have to address one of these days is the you know just how the command center works and how transparent they should be with everybody quite frankly as you said if other leagues can open things up and show that transparency show how they arrive at the decisions that they do then the cfl should be able to do likewise and my my hope is that eventually they do they because there's a lot of times where you it some some of these things are just so egregious. And in the idea of uh, like head coaches having to burn a a timeout, like like a or a challenge, I should say, to to call something that the referee should have seen clear as day. And honestly, we just want an explanation more than anything else. And there's been so many times where like the video is clear as day as to what the what the penalty is or isn't. And yet the call just comes from the command center and it's completely different altogether. Like, just make it make sense more than anything else. If, if you're going to call a penalty, good, bad or other, and whether it affects your team or not, it just has to be consistent. It has to be as objective and clear and consistent as possible. Mm-hmm. That's all anyone who watches Canadian Football League can ask from the referees and from the command center is just consistency. Consistency is so key especially if you're trying to legitimize things, you're trying. You're going to be showing the game off to a potentially new audience with this uh, contract at CBS Sports Network down in the States. It's got to make sense for them too. And simply put, if, if TSN has any sort of gumption, if, if they really truly want to be seen as that innovative leader that they, they claim to be or want to be, this would be a huge step forward by, by sort of pulling back the curtain and just letting everybody else see it. And hey, the precedent has been set as far as I'm concerned. Other leagues have done it. The CFL... Shouldn't be any different, as far as I'm concerned.
1: No, I, I agree, as I said, and I I'm, I'm sure I can make a highlight reel of me just complaining all the time about this thing because I know uh, we know it can be done. And I, I'm kind of disagreeing with you on one thing, though. I don't think this is on T. This is on TSN. This is on the CFL because if the command center is in Toronto. This is the CFL. These are CFL. You know, these are CFL employees who are manning the uh, the command center. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just make it again transparency. It's all we want, transparency.
0: Oh, it, it's not that hard. Uh, one interesting uh, rule that I, I found, or tweak to the rule I found, was uh, now uh, teams will scrimmage at the 30-yard line if a kicked ball, as in a field goal attempt, hits the goal post, mm-hmm. the doink, if mm-hmm. you will. Or if a team records an interception or fumble recovery in their own end zone, uh, almost like a touchback. So now instead of uh, scrimmaging from the 25-yard line, it'll now be the 30-yard line. Hmm. So that. To me, is going to be uh, just yet another interesting. Again, how many how many doinks did we see last year, Tim? Ugh, too many, <laughs> too many. <laughs> so, and it's funny—you live by the doink, you die by the doink. I mean, I, oh my god, I, my my heart goes out to David Cote. I How many? There was at least two or three games like that were clutch games for the Alouettes, and it, you hear that thud—the mm-hmm, doink, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it—is it like, oh god, it's like a like a knife in the heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. What so about now the, if this, what, So now, with this new rule in place, it, like I said, just a, a slight alteration, but uh, you know, it could could be a, a really interesting thing as well.
1: I, I I'm trying to understand the, the the change for the the ball, the the rouge uh, rule that they've modified. Um, you know, the requirement for the ball to be touched prior to the, to ruling a rouge on a kickoff has been removed. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it would be. Yeah, uh, to me, it, it's wasn't the, wasn't it usually just clear and cut?
0: Uh, well, clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I will say though is uh, now we're definitely going to be encouraging Joseph Zima to kick the crap I'm out kidding. of the ball because now it just has to sail out of the end zone again and whoop, single, single
1: rouge. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I, I I'm, I, I think that's going to be one of those rules uh, again. As as far as your special teams coordinator goes, uh, like. Byron Archambault, I, I think he's got to he's got to do whatever it takes to get uh, Zima's leg nice and nice and plump, nice and thick, and nice and <laughs> nice and ready to kick, kick, kick. I'm I'm telling you, sometimes maybe that's the only way you're going to rack up points is just kick the ball out of the end zone for crying out loud.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, we, we we look at the team. Okay, we look at these new rule changes. And again, it, it, it's we seem to have a a theme here this week. Um, I think one of the biggest changes going forward for 2023, Cliff, you know, besides the players, obviously, is the new head coach. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that we have to get used to. You know, I mean, yes, if you know, you know, if you know, if you've been able to follow Jason Mosley, you know what what he's done. But it's just a matter of how is he going to bring what he does and make it work for Montreal? So we can get mm. those wins. So we can, you know, sc- score, you know, be very productive when, when we have the ball. It, you know, it's with all the turmoil that's happened in years past when it comes to head coaching. Again, it, it's we don't need a, a scorecard to know who our head coach is. It would just be interesting to see how he takes control of the team. Mm-hmm. And that, that will start this week, obviously, in camp.
0: Yeah. And I think he realizes he's been gifted a tremendous opportunity. Uh, He was head coach uh, in Edmonton uh, a few years ago. And I I think it's fair to say that it didn't quite work out the way he hoped it would. Uh, Then last year he was uh, the offensive coordinator for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with Cody Fajardo as his quarterback. Uh, So there's that interesting bit of uh, familiarity for him this year as now Fajardo is with the Alouettes. Uh, It was evident last year that, a lot of the play calling was suspect and maybe it didn't quite play to the strengths of what he had as far as offensive talent goes. Uh, was it simply a matter of the O-line being porous as as heck in Saskatchewan? Was it a matter of Cody Fajardo not living up to what was expected out of him? Uh, Did he simply not have the weapons? I I have a hard time believing that because Saskatchewan definitely did have some very talented players uh, at the receiving core. uh, Two very talented running backs that, as I said before, Jason Moss seemed to have almost forgotten at one point. Uh, I don't know if that was just a matter of trying to just further Cody's abilities as quarterback or trying to make him be the superstar that he thinks he can be it's it, it's really hard to say. I mean, like things did not go very well for Saskatchewan last year. And the idea that those two key elements of the Rough Riders offense are now essentially the key elements now here in Montreal. And a lot of people are saying, well, can this work? Is this true what I guess that'll be the the big question is, is there nothing wrong with Jason Moss's coaching style and nothing wrong with Cody Fajardo's quarterbacking style? It was just a matter of not having a very good O-line, which now Cody Fajardo can say. He's got himself a very, very capable offensive line here in Montreal. Is it a matter of that, or is it a matter of these two guys just aren't working together the way we think or hope they will? It's hard to say. I mean, it's a reset now for both of these guys. I mean, it's a reset for everybody in Montreal in a lot of ways when it comes to this season, but I think Jason Moss has a lot to prove Cody Fajaro's got a lot to prove, and the Alouettes have a lot to prove because people are, are back to sleeping on the Alouettes. Remember, they, they slept on the Alouettes last year, and look what happened. I mean, they, yeah, they started two and six, ended up nine and nine, and were basically a converted touchdown away from going to the Grey Cup. And that's with, with all the turmoil, all the, the extracurriculars that were going on before, during, and I guess into the offseason. This offseason has presented itself with all kinds of challenges, all kinds of head scratching moments that you want to get excited about the football season. But at the same time, you've got this ownership kerfuffle that did end up turning out. Okay. As far as now that there's local ownership in place, things have to get better in that sense. Uh, not having a, having a president then not having a president and now having a new president, which also too a very important element of a football organization, uh, you're bringing in a head coach to replace the general manager who was the head coach, who still is the general manager. But, I mean, there, there's so many different and interesting idiosyncrasies with this team right now that is it going to work? Is it not going to work? We don't know. That's the thing. And we can only speculate. And unfortunately, a lot of people have decided to speculate and say, oh, no, the Elwets are back to being this disorganized, hot mess of a football team. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to say that just yet. I mean, yeah, I could do without this constant change. It feels like every year there's some sort of change, and like significant change, and why? And the the one thing that this team keeps talking about over and over again is wanting to have stability. Well, it's all well and good to want stability, but what are you doing to actually have the stability? Like, you're changing owners. You're changing general managers. Well, you're not changing general managers this time around, but you're changing head coaches. You're changing quarterbacks. You're changing players. I mean, there's... So much change. It's hard to follow from one year to the next. And it's, there's just such a lack of consistency. And it's understandable why fans are, I don't want to say disenfranchised necessarily, but it's hard to be completely optimistic about what's ahead. All we can say is, all right, here's the changes. This is who we have now. Let's just see what happens. And I think that's where a lot of Alouette's fans are right now is just, okay, we know who we've got in our lineup. We know who the coach is. We know who the owner is. We know, who, you know, we know all these things now. Let's see if it's actually going to work. And you hope for the best. I, I think really that's what it is, is you hope for the best. And I know personally that's what I'm doing is I'm hoping for the best. I want to see this team succeed, obviously. I want to see the players on this team reach those levels that they've been searching for for, for so long. I want to see every element of this team as successful. And it's just a simple matter of you know what you have to do. Now you just have to go out and do it. So... Come Sunday, I'm going into this with a clear head and just I don't want to say hope. I I never want to say hope because hope can be a very bad thing. But at the same time, I'm willing to go in with an open mind and say, all right, maybe Cody Fajardo is the quarterback we've been waiting for all this time. Maybe we finally have that right mix. Maybe we finally have that quote unquote winning formula we need to get back to the Grey Cup and actually win the Grey Cup. That's my hope. if, If you want to call it that, that's. That's what I'm going into on Sunday with is that it starts on Sunday. It starts this a new season, a new possibility, a, a new agenda, new everything. So whether we want it or not, it's here. And to me, I'm just, I'm just going to try and enjoy the ride as best as I can.
1: Exactly. Hey, by the way, got to remind everybody too, Cliff, before we finish up the show. I don't know if anybody has been thinking about it. I know we have. For the 2023 season sport buff flight crew seats have returned
0: yes yes they have and we are definitely looking forward to giving away a pair of those as we did last year we we had so much success with it we we got so many great entries we got so many people excited about the possibility of watching an alouettes game live at personal wilson stadium and we're we are so thrilled and so thankful that sport buff is willing to help us with this again so folks make sure you subscribe to the podcast make sure whether it's through YouTube or any of the other podcast platforms, make sure you're tuning in, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you let everybody know to check out the Alouettes flight deck. And hey, when the time comes and we want those entries into the contest, you want to go see an Alouettes game on us, folks. We will, we, we, we want to help you. We want to let you go and enjoy Alouettes football. But you got to help us out too. You got to get the word out for us. You got to let everybody know that, hey, yeah, this, this Alouettes flight deck, they're giving away seats to the next game you got to check them out. So, when the time comes folks, when we're ready to give away those flight crew seats, please please be ready because we want to we want to see a packed stadium. We want to see this team thrive. We want to see this team reach those new heights that we talked about earlier. And we want you, our great listeners on board with that as well. So, make sure when the time comes, you check out the flight crew seats, you check out the contest, make sure you tell everybody to enter and we are so excited. We are so excited to see everybody back at Personal Bowls Stadium this year. That's right.
1: Oh, and just to make it make it even more special, Cliff, stay more, tuned. More, more special? More special. Stay tuned because as of the as of our show on May 24th, that is when the contest will go live for the show uh, yeah i think we'll do it then i think we'll do it then because i know we have another week but because stay tuned for more information obviously because that's when we're going to start the process of giving away a pair a pair of tickets to the Montreal alouettes preseason game on friday june 2nd at 7 30 p.m versus the hamilton tiger cats so uh get ready watch all of our socials and uh, again thanks to sport buff for being such a great sponsor over, over these past three years
0: oh my it- so exciting! I mean, the, as I said, folks, I, I, the, this this off season has been a, an interesting one for us. Uh, like I said, I, I, I there's been times where I just haven't been able to make heads or tails of it. But I, I'm telling you, Tim, as as soon as we get there on Sunday and and get to Trois Rivieres and get get into the stands and seeing these guys in action to know that football is truly back. My God, maybe that's what it's going to take. I I think Mm -hmm. for me, that truly is what it's going to take for me to, to really truly be back in football mode. I I always say that I'm never not in football mode, but like to really know that, okay, it's real now. Like it's tangible. You can taste it. You can feel it. You can hear it. To me, I think that's really what it's going to take is just, Let's see some damn action. Let's 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 see some action, no matter what. like we, we got to see some Canadian football being played in some way, shape, or form. So this Sunday, folks, this Sunday, it's back.
1: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So uh, we'll be back next week to talk about uh, what we saw on the opening day of camp. And I'm sure there'll be a lot more to talk about here on the Isle of Wets flight deck. So Cliff, get ready. I'll be seeing you very shortly, buddy. We're going to take in that action over in Trois-Vierres. And so, for everybody here at the Iowa Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. One final approach. Take off to the great white north. Take off, it's a beauty way to go. Take off to the great white north.
0: Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.